All right. Uh, this is actually tonight. Tonight is <laughs> April 6, 2021. <laughs> and um, this is going to be your, uh, um, your Positivity Wall, your 15th installment. We are coming around that mountain and we are coming down to the last five, the last five, which will be challenging. And so um, I'll start you off with the the Club Jam announcements <laughs> and Club Jam announcements will be, of course, this is my last um, this is my last week before I start work, before I go back to a working schedule. And it's going to be very interesting um, trying to record these um Positivity was these last five, but um, I have a plan. Uh, part of the plan is I think I will record. I will record at least sixteen by the end of this week. That way, it only really leaves me four. And um, it, there may be there may be a situation because they're all written. Um, you know, from 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, they're all written. This one is um, this one comes at a good time. It really is going to be very pivotal for how I feel and then the message that goes along with it. The rest of them just carry you home. They just carry you across the finish line. So I could. the truth is, is I could take a day maybe this week and I could record the last four. I'm, I'm still kind of up in the air with it just because I, um, uh, I don't know if I want to do that. But the great thing about um, this platform is, is that I can record the audio and sit on it. And then, you know, stage them week by week. So we will get those recorded. They will happen. Um, There is another lost episode that I am working on. We will get that as well. If you didn't hear my last episode, it was it was quite a rant. Um, But I feel very passionate about, you know, just where we are in the times of things and, and where we need to be in hate. And so ultimately, I'm, I'm I'm getting really excited because more of those type of, you know, episodes kind of like how my first season is because now it's all structured <laughs> before we were just recording stuff. Now I've kind of given it structure and, and structure is important. But, you know, I was just really talking from the heart and I spent this positivity wall, this time in this positivity wall, really trying to be structured, really trying to give you a flow and a meaning and, and a stage and and once we leave this, unless I work on another series or create another series, it's going to be fun because then I get to kind of create as I want to. And so I'm really excited about that. Like I said, we still have maybe six other um, six, six other topics to really go into. Uh, the parenting episode, that's one that will be recorded soon enough as well. Um, the truth is, I just think that I want to record it after I finish Positivity Wall, just because... I think for me, it's going to be a really long episode and I don't really want to cheapen it. I really want to go at it from, from all aspects. I don't know if I need to cut it into two. It's, it's a lot of content. So I'm trying to figure that out as well. So as, like I said, as we wind down um, from positivity wall, we are, there is much more in the future and much more to do. Um, The one thing I will say is that I, I'm, I'm going to continue to push myself into hobbies because more than anything I've learned on this journey is, is that um, we work to make a life. Um, you can't live through the work. And so I'm going to work to make a life. But that is that has been your Club Jam announcements. We will move on to our thinking out loud and then we'll get you in the positivity wall 15. Yeah. All right, so moving along, that was where your your announcements. We are. I wanted to um, this thinking out loud today. The random thoughts really aren't random; um, they really kind of tie into the positivity wall. And so, uh, as I said, I'm going back to work. I start work Monday, and um, I get to work from home for right now. I'll I'll eventually go back and report to an office, but you know, I mean, it's it's not going to be you know, it's going to be, it's going to be a different era for me. Um, you know, I worked in retail for, worked in retail or around retail for uh, 17 years. This is my 18th year, um, in the workforce and I'm starting an office job. <laughs> you know, last year I started working remote. So you can say, you know, technically, 
you know, I spent a good 16 years working rather in the retail or in the field. I've done retail, I've done the field, and now I get to do the office. And for me, um, I felt like this was very important. I, this was the next part of the next step in the evolution of my working um, resume or my, my work, I guess, I don't know, my attributes. Because the truth is, is in retail, I could always go back to it, but I have nothing more to prove. There are no challenges there for me. The only thing that exists there for me is um, meeting amazing people, uh, making amazing money. <laughs> That's just the truth. It doesn't mean that I wouldn't do it. It's just a matter of I'm the type of person that I want to have quality. I want to have quality work and I want to have quality challenges. And And the crazy thing about challenges is um, it leads you into uncomfortable spaces. <laughs> and to be honest, it's like I am... I'm very anxious starting um, starting over because part of having a new job is meeting new people and getting to know them and then learning new things. And this line of work is going to be a little bit different from what I've done for so long, but the core competencies, I should say, or the core things that I've used in my career at, in, in leadership all these years will help me in this job to help me to um, to execute. And so I'm excited about the challenges. I'm excited about the the new possibilities, but um, I'm a little anxious. I'm a little nervous. I'm, I'm, you know, I found myself kind of sad today, just thinking about my old team and and thinking how much of a family we were, and then and knowing that I really had something special, you know, in the 16 years or I should say 17 years that I've worked around retail, there's only been three times in that time where I had either been on a team or led a team that I could consider them family. And this last team was my family and they were so important to me and I miss them dearly. I miss that we won't get to work together again. Um, it, it, I think that's the toughest part for me. It, losing the job, being laid off wasn't as hard as knowing that being laid off, I couldn't work with these people and that our lives would change and that we would be doing different things. I think, I think that's been the hardest part for me. That's been the hardest part about all of this. And um, it, it's been tough. I thought that I was, I thought I had, you know, especially with these positivity walls recording and then some of the things I've done, been able to really get through it. But I had a moment today where I really got, really got teary. And I kind of was thinking about just some of the memories and some of the fun times and just some of the cool things we did. And then some of the struggles and then some of the just things you want to pound your head against the wall. And um, it just reminded me of you cannot you can't appreciate what the sun does if you don't ever get to appreciate the rain. And I just, through good times, you have to go through the bad. And and when you lose great people, it's just like, oh man. And so as I get ready to give you the Positivity Wall 15, I want to say in this space that I dedicate this episode to my 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 work family the work family that will always be my family no matter what um to brad what am i saying to bradshaw to to megan to delancey um to nico to eric um to margo to danielle to <laughs> lou to kim um to Matthew, to Kevin. Those were the, the the immediate people who made the experience great for me and made it such an, an amazing space over these last six years. Uh, last but not least, uh, you know, he's always with me, but to Lucas as well. Um, without these people, I wouldn't have really grown in the last six years, rather professionally, but also personally. The the thing that I take away from the experience that maybe some of them didn't was is that I grew twofold. I grew even better and, and sharpened my iron as a professional. But as, per, as a person who always, 
you know, move to checkmate, as we've talked about on here before, who would see things coming and, and just move out of the way. I, they taught me how to be better about that. They, they taught me as I talked about thinking that restraint was my greatest tool, but my heart being open was my greatest tool. And I'm so grateful for them because they allowed, um, they allowed me to just be me and they loved me for it. And I think one of the hardest things in my life is at times feeling, um, feeling like I am in the middle of a room where no one is paying attention to me or no one's looking at me and I'm just not a part of everything. Everyone's at their tables, everyone's having a good time and I'm sitting by myself. And those were the people who would never let me sit by myself. And I'm going to miss them. I'm going to miss them in this new job, um, but I still get to talk to them. It's just when you work with great people, they make a job an experience because the truth is (laughs) jobs are just jobs, (laughs) but it's the people who help push you through them that really help you to be the best version of yourself. And I, um, I couldn't be more thankful for those people. And so as I get ready to record this episode, like I said, I dedicate to them. I dedicate how I, how much they pulled me through situations. They allowed me to open up, to be vulnerable with them. And they never judged me. They only showed me love, which gave me more strength to push myself into uncomfortable spaces. As much as I talk about this new uncomfortable and discovery and all of this, in the last six years, I lived through some of these things in the positivity wall. And I lived through this stage of uncomfortability, like I've talked about, where I always felt like I had to fight a fight up by myself and I didn't have anyone I could count on, but I could. I could sit, I could vent, I could cry. And we laughed and we had an amazing time. And I will miss every one of you dearly because you made me a better man. It wasn't just about being a better employee. You made me a better man by by loving me. And like I've said before, sometimes for everything that I have been given in this life, I truly am the richest man I know. I love you all. Yeah. All right. <laughs> we are here. Positivity Wall 15. Um, yeah, I got I, I was highly emotional there. But it was good. It's it's about feeling. It's about being. That's what this is all about. And as I said, I mean, those people mean so much to me. Um, I wanted to have a space in which I said it so that if they ever heard it and they ever doubted themselves on a day, they could always reference the Positivity Wall 15. So PW15 um, is their episode. And, you know... Um, I think that we all go through things at times. We all struggle. We have our moments. And so sometimes we need the, the we need those reference tracks to go back and, and be like, okay, yeah, I am good. I am great. And somebody sees value in me. But we are here to give you the positivity wall 15. And that's what I'm going to do. So let me read that card for you. Your positivity wall 15. The card reads as follows. As you continue to grow, you will feel uncomfortable. It's normal to feel this way. Keep going. I believe in you. So I'll give it to you one more time for those in the back. As you continue to grow, you will feel uncomfortable. It's normal to feel this way. Keep going. I believe in you. And so, yeah, um, <laughs> it's, um, I, you know, leading up into to Positivity Wall 15, like I said, as I um, gave you your random thoughts. I've, I felt compelled to, to tie them together. This new stage in my life is, is uncomfortable. I won't have them there to, to be with me every day, to remind me when I get into tough spaces that 
I'm amazing and I can do everything, but I can vent to them and they can do the same thing. When you work with great people, when you get to be around great people, you really don't want to let them go. And that is my current, un, un, you know, uncomfortable space Out, outside of, you know, discovery. I'm, I'm still discovering and I'm still learning and I'm still putting myself in the center. And um, <laughs> that hasn't changed over this time. That hasn't changed since we started this positivity wall when I started recording. I think it was very pivotal as I started recording that I started making those decisions for myself. Um, and part of making those decisions for myself is to to try things, to go and and I'm compelled to to be different and push myself to be more than what I want to be. And so how do we get here? You know, how 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 do we find our way in a space? You know, sometimes it can be really, really tough to distinguish where we are and what we're doing. And the easiest thing for you to do is what? To turn around. If you're walking toward the light (laughs) and the light seems further away, the more steps you take and you're getting weaker, you find yourself wanting to just sit down or you want to turn around. But the great thing about this positivity wall for me is it is the the vessel in which reminds me I'm I'm in the middle of two points. I'm in the middle of two points, meaning I could stop and I could turn around and just give this whole endeavor up. But what do I learn? What do I grow from that situation? I don't get anything from it. I actually get the lesser. Or I can continue towards a lot. And eventually I'm going to be in a space where I'm happier. I am at peace. All the blessings that I want, all this abundance comes to me because I manifested it. I wanted it. I chose it. I pushed toward it and I fought for it. And so that's that's what we're going to do. Even when it gets tough, even when we're in, in situations, <laughs> we're going to keep pushing towards it as you should. It shouldn't be a situation in where you feel like you're in the middle of two points and you turn around. Don't give up. I'm I if I could say anything to you if you listen, I am living proof not to give up. They doubted me from birth. The only person I, I you know, I would say persons. I, I my mom believed in me all the way. My dad was different. I think he's always believed in me, but Men have a way of challenging you to, it's a way they believe that they're pushing you to your potential. Well, you can't see someone's potential if you truly don't know their heart. That's the greatest thing about being a father. I can peer into my son's heart and see that he has so much immense potential. And there's so many possibilities of directions that he can go. Now, the most parents would like to peer into certain situations and go for the, the things that will make his life easy. Nah, I don't want his life to be easy. There is no joy without experience. There is no experience without struggle. There is no struggle without a choice. And I want him to navigate life as he sees it through the information he collects. Think about, you know, um, children when they first walk. They're acquiring these motor skills. Now they're opening doors. They're trying to figure out how their arms, hands, how their feet work. They're interacting with the world because it's a synapsis. It's sending a response to their brain. Well, it's the same way. I can have conversations with my son like an adult because I'm willing to lay out how the world works for him and then let him navigate it and then allow him to to remind him that I am his safety net. And so one of the things I told a friend earlier tonight was, you know, when I, when I talk about, you know, my, what is my why a lot, most times it's been Ryan and it will continue to be Ryan because Ryan, the the reason why I will say that he saved me was this is a person who reminded me of my value, even when I didn't believe in my own value, but he also challenged me to push past my own potential and also my set worth that I believe, because here's an example. For children, you want them to do great things. 
and you tell them to do great things. But if you don't model those great things, why would they do it? <laughs> Children are respondent to action, not words. They hear your words. They watch what you do. And I've said that before in other episodes. A lot of the issues that I had with my parents, I was able to sort through them. I'm able to have relationships with them because of my son. Like I talked about before with the bold flame, he helped me to to extinguish it. He helped me to see past my own anger. And I always had the ability to do it. I just got tired of doing it because I've spent a lot of my life servicing other people. When 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 it came to a line, I was always at the end of it. <laughs> when it came to getting my plate, I always got the last one. And that's why this journey for me that is very uncomfortable. I'm going to be completely, it's uncomfortable. When you are used to serving everyone else first and sitting down last, it is hard to get up and say, I'm going to pick myself first. One of the hardest parts about this is not just about the friendships or the relationships with family, because that's actually easier to a point. The hardest part is as a father saying, I need a day to go take pictures at a spot I want to take pictures. (laughs) Sounds like a nerd. I need a day to read a good book. I need a day to record an episode. I need a day to go see an old friend who I got to see. And I'm very thankful to go see. And not consuming myself in just service. See, as a father, I am rewarded with his love, but I still find a duty to service to him. I had to work myself through being a father and understanding that, yes, I do have a duty. But before I have a duty of being a father, I have a duty of being Jemiah, the man. And it was a struggle because I wasn't, you know, it was what I was told in therapy. I got to pick myself too. (laughs) I got to be up there. I should be picking myself first before I pick anyone else. I have these responsibilities. Ryan is a responsibility, but I have a duty to self. And in my whole life, I never saw myself that way. I never saw myself as duty to myself. And so naturally it's caused struggles. Naturally, the the thing that I responded to was the thing that I've always disliked when someone doubted me. Yo, you can't do this. You can't do that. You're not good enough for that. It, It emboldened me into action. It pushed me. It designed my resolve. It made me such a strong creature that you couldn't break me. And like I said, I'm not... I'm not the type of human being that needs you to know that I know you failed. I, I know you did. I know it through nonverbal cues. I, and I laugh on my, my inside. I'll take a drive home and be laughing about you. You'll never know the wiser. But when you internalize such pain and traumas that way, it does shape you. It does change you. And I didn't realize that. I became very detached from people. The same people I was engaging with and storytelling and creating scenarios to build them up, I was disengaging from them in the collective. The level of, you know, in friendships, there's a level of intimacy where you connect to a person, you have vulnerability with a person, and you have that shared experience. And the the older I've gotten, the less I do that. So the great thing about what I've experienced over the last 12 months is I've been pushed back to it. Now in the last six years, I have shared a lot, but these are people I work with. The next experience that I take as I'm going into discovery is not to, to find family in just the work. I've got to find family in life. And so don't allow the struggle to define you. Don't. We all got struggles. You know, you got people trying to figure out where their next check's going to come from, where they're going to do this, where they're going to do that. Don't allow the struggle to define you. You are so much more than that struggle. You are worth it. And if you need to hear that, listen to me say it to you again. You are worth it. Okay? Have you made some mistakes? You might have. We all make mistakes. We all screw up. But it is in your resolve that there is so much beauty. The moment that you give up, like I told my son, failure is not a word we use in this house because failure doesn't exist in our lifestyle, doesn't exist in our blood. It's not who we are as the men of this family because failure requires you to give up. 
it'll tell you, oh, uh, an un- unsuccessful. No, no. I remember reading the definition to my son the first time he told me he felt like he felt me. And it was so powerful that he said that to me. I, I, I got emotional that he felt felt like he let me down, but he didn't say it like this. He felt like I felt you. And I said, don't ever use that language. When you make mistakes, you correct them. The moment that you stop trying to correct your mistakes, the moment that you think that you don't have to correct your mistakes is the moment you fail. And that's not who you're going to be, right? And he's like, no. I said, exactly. That's my point. I've said it before and in the episode where I said, I love you. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you for getting up. I'm proud of you for pushing on. I'm proud of you for in those moments where you feel like you don't know where the hell you're going or what the hell you're doing. You continue to push. You have to. We need you. And we need you because the beauty that you give us is through your works. But it's also through your smile. It's also through your care. Now, people who go into the world who are mean, maybe that last part wasn't for you. (laughs) But I see you. I see the person sitting in the restaurant by themselves at the bar or in the back corner eating quietly. I see the person sitting in their car who's listening to that song for the fifth time, as I would, finding a way to go into the home with their children or their spouse because they feel like the world has put a boulder on their shoulder and they're crying and and, and the inside. And they're trying to be strong because they can't cry here. Hell, I see that person that used to be me. Um, The greatest thing about my last job is from store to store. I remember one day I was, um, the day that, um, the day I went back to work after we found out Lucas died, and I was in Fort Walton that day. Fort Walton from Panama City is about an hour forty-five. You put your foot to the floor, <laughs> good two hours, you know, two hours, two hours ten. I can make it an hour thirty, you know. I know the speed traps, but the point was, is I cried from the moment I pulled out of my driveway and found ways to laugh through it. And I remember there's um, the Brooks Bridge, I believe this is Brooks Bridge, when you cross from Destin into Fort Walton. And I said, once I cross that bridge, no more crying. And I crossed that bridge and I had a moment where I saw a rainbow and it made me, it made me, um, <clears throat> it made me tear up. And I said, nope, I'm not crying again until... I get out of a store, but I can't go in there and they are worried about me. I needed those people on that day. I can't even tell you all the people that I saw that day. I know the stores by heart. I know the faces. I know the smiles. They got me through that day. I did five, actually I did six store visits that day, six. And they got me through that day. By the time I got to my second store visit, I was I was good. I was good to where I was laughing. I was feeling good. And I had no more sadness about it. It wasn't until I got back in that car for the last visit and drove back over that bridge. And I had that hour and 45 drive home that I had time to think. So I see you, that person who's driving in that car, who's crying to yourself, who's wiping those tears to get out and you're staying strong. It's tough. How do you face the uncomfortable? You just do it. <laughs> it can look clunky. Look, let me, let me tell you about my experience. It's been very, very clunky. You know, I've, I've tried dating apps. I've done things that I normally wouldn't do. Why? Because I haven't done it before. Why not? Let me see how it feels. It's like being young and not and saying I hated Brussels sprouts. Guess what? As an adult, I love them. <laughs> you know? I just didn't like the Brussels sprouts my mom made. <laughs> That's the difference. <laughs> and so we have to we have to keep going. Part of that is, is seeing is believing. You have to have that vision. It has to start in your heart. You have to transplant it to your brain and say, this is where I'm going. This is what I'm going to do. You have to believe in you before anyone else. But let me tell you, if you're listening to me, I believe in you. 
Because if you have enough guts to, to feel something and then see a plan for it, I know you can accomplish it. You know why? <laughs> I'm going to tell you the story. <laughs> oh, man. I can't believe I'm going to tell it. But I'm going to tell it. Because it's it, it kind of attaches to a poem I once had. And I'll try to find that. I don't know if I read that one yet. Anyway, story time. Story time. So I remember when I was in school and, and taking the SAT, ACT, I got a acceptance letter from UCF, school I wanted to go to in Orlando. Really wanted to go there. Had a scholarship, pay 75%. My dad and I, not in the best, not in the best straits at that time. <laughs> I needed him to cover that other 25%. Now, during this time when I was in high school, um, I was an ROTC. I was thinking about joining the arms, armed forces. I was. And <laughs> I'm just going to tell it to you. Why not? I've told you a lot of things about myself. Come on. So, um, They have, I was a junior and they had the recruiters come and we, we listen to everyone's pitch army one day, Navy one day, Marines one day, air force one day. And, you know, listen to them feeling pretty good. And I, I cannot remember which uh, branch was the one that like, it just, it just snapped in me. I was like, Nope, it's not what I want to do. Because the truth is, once upon a time ago, I once wanted to be a lawyer. I felt like I was, and I and I, and I think I would have a natural knack for it. I can negotiate with the best of them. I can debate with the best of them. I'm willing to to listen, to understand, and then try to create um, create plans, create decisive arguments that actually get things done. I'm a problem solutions type of guy. This is A, this is B. You give me the problem, I can make the solution. And so I was thinking about um Jag. Honestly, it was it was a thought for me. It was something that I was I was like, I I might want to do that. <laughs> now I always had an issue with authority to a point. I should say that with a, with an asterisk. I understand and respect authority. What I have an issue with is this blanket approach to authority where large groups, I mean, I am black, a large group can be affected by the actions of one person. So I was already kind of wavering <laughs> in my, my ROTC journey. And then I just remember one of the, the branches was talking about, yeah, you're going to do this, we're going to do that. And, you know, um, you guys are getting the, the start to this. You know, you have to be accountable for one another. Um, and, you know, the, the flight, um, the person who was in charge of our flight, he was like, see, you have to look to him. He, your leadership comes directly from him. And if he doesn't lead you, you all die. And what I thought was important is, you know, I'm not a soldier. Never have been. My dad did it. Not me. Is the reason why I was such a great leader in, in, the, in the retail space was I was a servant leader. Being a servant leader doesn't mean you have to lead from the front. You can lead from the back. Most servant leaders do. To serve, to, to lead by being a servant, you must learn how to follow before you can lead. Okay? You're going to be put in situations where you don't have all the answers. You have to acquire the knowledge to do that. And I just didn't feel like the military was the space in which that was a principle that they believed. Now, I do believe that they're, they do have servant leadership, no doubt, but um, the way it was presented to me at that age, it just didn't seem right. So the trick is with this story, they would have been my ticket. They could have been my ticket to, to going to school. And my dad at the time, we were on the same page about it. And so it was kind of like, all right, I can go to community college and I was like, all right, maybe I'll do that. I'll save some money, go to community college, let me get a job first. Got my first job with with a company. Leave them, leave them nameless. My my first uh, job as an 18-year-old doing it. I remember I was getting paid $6 an hour to work there. <laughs> this is in 2003, $6 an hour. Um, minimum wage in Florida is eight oh five. by the way. Okay, that is 18 years ago. That's another topic. That's another day. But I just want to say that 
six dollars eight oh five uh of course i haven't made six dollars or eight oh five in quite a long time i mean way more than that but did the job felt found that i like i like talking to people i liked helping people i liked you know finding a problem and making a solution oh wow i love technology wow and so the next thing you know i leave that company i go to the next company and my my career kind of started with technology and then management and and teaching people training them helping them i fell in love my dad of course wanted me to finish school go back go back go back go back back but by then i just felt like school was just a ripoff I felt like for what I was doing, yeah, I can go get an MBA, but that's a waste of my time. I worked for a company for nine years and I got an MBA from them. There's nothing a school can teach me that 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 company taught me. They taught me everything. They are the reason why I have the tools to work in these other jobs as I have. That's one thing I'll give them. <laughs> they, they taught us well. Very great company to be taught from back in those times. Because they gave you, they a lot of businesses and a lot of companies don't show you the back room. And the back room means the books. They don't show you how things connect, why this does this, that. They showed you everything as a leader. Because they wanted, they wanted you as a puzzle piece to help make the rest of the puzzle pieces connect. It's the most beautiful thing about that company and its purpose. They still kind of do that to this day, but on a limited scope. Point of it was... I once wanted to go in a, in a certain direction and I felt like that was direction, but my life changed. Nobody believed in me, but my mom in that case, because my mom was like, well, you know, it's whatever you want to do, JR. I'll support you. I believe in you. And I, and I said, people doubt me, but I promise you, I'm going to get to where you need. And I promise I'm going to get to where I need. And, and the crazy thing about that, what fueled me, what gave me this bold flame and this resolve was I had to walk to work. <laughs> work was an hour from my house. That first job, even the second job, those first two years, I was 18 and 19. I didn't get my first car until I was 20. I walked to work sometimes. I walked from work. I walked in the rain. I walked late at night. I walked in the heat. And all it did was give me this strength to say, one day I'm going to be in this place where I want to be and I'm going to have better things. And I'm going to appreciate that walk. One of the things I didn't realize about that experience, though, was that there was a bit of me that was fractured because I did everything right. I followed the rules. I worked hard. And it just wasn't hard enough to be given that opportunity naturally. So I had to go find it and create it myself. It made me appreciate my work ethic. It made me appreciate my strength. But it also made me sad because I felt like I was robbed. There was a part of me that still kept that little boy. And he wasn't a little boy. I was I was a grown man, but I felt like as 18, 19, 20, I was still a young adult, still trying to figure this thing out. I was very black and white about things and not gray as I am today. And the hard part about that was I didn't realize that the snapshot of me at 18 or 19 was always still a part of me. I had to unpack that. I've had to unpack it over the last six years. And then in the last 12 months, I had to unpack it again, that that is always going to be a part of me. That person who feels like he has to do it on his own. And what I learned about that version of Jemayeth is, is that I am him and he is me. But the difference is I have the brains, I have the knowledge to know that I'm strong enough to pick up the phone and call if I need help. Back then, I, did, I, I couldn't ask for help because no one was going to help me. I wasn't doing what people wanted me to do. And I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't. Uh, through all the pain, through all the craziness that I've experienced, I appreciate it more. And it also gave Ryan a very great base of knowledge to help him on his walk. I lived it. But the reason why I was able to get through it and the reason why I was able to be successful is because I saw it. And then I believed it. And then I did it. <laughs> so, yeah, it starts with you. Seeing is believing. And if you can see it, you can believe it. And you can do it.
and you can push through all those levels of uncomfort and you won't even realize it. I think back to, you know, 18 years ago and I think, wow, you're working $6 an hour, um, walking to or from work. It's Florida sun, 100 degree weather sometimes, rain. When it rains, it pours. You got smarter. You pack the bag, change at work. You had to you had to get up an hour earlier to go to work and walk. And you went into work and you still found the spirit and you still kept pushing. That story that I just told you is for any of you out there who are doing it now, who are getting up and you're red. Your 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 profit and loss statement for you, your business that you run, because we're all a business, your operating expenses put you in the red. And you feel like you're treading water and you're dying. But you get up and you wipe your tears off and you go into that job and you give them all your hard work, all your blood, all your sweat, all your tears, all that equity. And sometimes they give you your ass. (laughs) That story is for you. Because I know what it's like to feel like no one is seeing you. But I promise you someone is. Because people would start seeing me and be like, oh, man, I don't want you to walk, man. I followed you home, followed you on your path. I saw you live far from here. Like, yeah, I do. I remember people used to ask me, why did you walk? I said, it makes me stronger. This pain is going to be temporary. It's going to remind me. One day I'm going to look back on this and remember that I have been through something way worse than what I'm currently dealing with. And boy, let me tell you. (laughs) Let me tell you, that is true. I'm going to finish my thoughts here as we call it close. So, you know, as I was saying, the getting, you know, people are going in and they're, they're fighting these battles and, and no one knows. And you get stronger the more battles you take in if you just remember. That's why reflection is important because, like I said, losing my job, like I told my old boss was that would have been hard for me if I never been through a time where I lost a job before and I lost it with greater stakes. I lost a job where I was married, where I had a family and I lost a job, a wife, the, the stru- I didn't lose my family, but I lost the structure of that family within a seven month period. <laughs> like, boom, it was like, boom, 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 boom. Like if you took a punch, it was like a TKO. I was getting my ass handed to me. It was tough. It wasn't easy. I thought, I thought I was going to die. I thought that I was going to give up. And I think one of the greatest things um, that I'll say is I've never said this. I've written about it, but I've never said this out loud in a space where it's recorded or or someone can hear me and I'm going to leave it here because these are the flowers I leave um, when the aliens find this recording one day. The greatest thing about why I didn't own a weapon was because if I had one, I would have taken my life. And that period of time and that, I would say it was a, it was a good two-year period where I was at, at the bottom. And I think for the first maybe 18 months, I didn't even try to get up. I was just laying on that floor, <laughs> rock bottom, just there. I didn't didn't realize it was time to get up on my feet. And I, if I had a weapon, I would have taken my life. Because I just felt like it was a lot easier if I just didn't exist. Felt like, even as a father in that moment. And and I'm so glad that having my son, because it would be these moments where I would just go off into this place where we, what we do as human beings, where we think about the worst case scenarios. And then he would come see me and I would have a great time. And there would be times he would find me very sad and he would be like, Dad, why are you why are you upset? And he was young. He was three, four, like, and and it would remind me that I had to get better. I had to, I had to push on. If I wasn't going to do it for myself, I had to do it for him. But all those losses that I've taken have given me the knowledge and the strength to be better. Now, you got to go through some painful things to make yourself better. And so, even though some of the losses I didn't want. I'm so grateful that I got to experience them. (laughs) 
because they have given me the knowledge I need to move swifter um, and, and to be better in my execution from point A to point B. And so if you're going through it, hey, <laughs> you're not alone. But sit down and reflect. I'm telling you, when you sit down and you really think outside of the moment, like, oh, this is a really bad moment right now. But think back and go, well, damn, I lost my job once and I lost my wife and I lost the, the family that I wanted, that I worked so hard for. I lost all that with, with a smoke. So what's the job in relation to it? <laughs> so then when I lost my job in December, it was just like, okay, well, I done really well for myself. I'm good. I imagine at most I'd be home for maybe three to six months. Could have could have stayed home a little longer if I wanted to. I mean, I'd be home working, but I mean, without a job. But hey, four months, four months, and boom, now I'm back out. And so sometimes you have to separate yourself from a bad moment because a bad moment can pull you down. It's just a moment. <laughs> There's still so much to a day, but you have to see it and you have to believe it. So keep going. Please keep going. Because if no one else does, I believe in you. (laughs) Okay. So it's okay. It's okay to feel uncomfortable. It's okay to have bad days or bad moments. It's okay to feel like this is just too much for me. That is okay. Keep going because I promise you, I can testify to it that I thought, man, this is is worst. This is the worst it's gonna be, and I'm like, I can look back on situation. I can look back on my divorce. I can look back on when I went through really bad things in my marriage. I can look back on losing a job back then. I can look on having to walk to work. <laughs> I can look on family members not understanding me. So. I had to separate myself from them and thought it was, I made it through all that. I'm still here. I'm still going. And I'm still trying to discover who I want to be because I demand my slice of joy. I choose joy. I demand happiness. I will get it. A job can't give it to you. And I've learned that, fully learned that can give you pieces of it, but it can't give it to you fully. Hobbies, things that make you live. You have to build a life. You go to work to support it. You got to build a life. You got to make a life. And I'm excited as I wind down these positivity walls because I've learned so much through writing them and I've learned so much from recording them about myself, about where I want to go, about who I want to be. And about refusing to serve others if they do not serve me. <laughs> why? <laughs> we always ask why. That's how I told you. I believe in me. Just like I believe in you. Seeing is believing. I know I can get there. I know that I am worth my own happiness. I know that I am worth joy. And I know I'm damn for sure worth peace. Peace in my lifetime, true peace, where I just feel really good about what I'm doing, where I'm going, and who I am. May not have all the answers, may feel a little lost about things sometimes, but my direction is north, it's toward the light, and I'm pushing to be the best self that I can be. we call it a close, I, you know, bring you back to the top. This episode's dedicated to the people I took my last journey with. Dedicated to all of you. (laughs) And what you did for me, what you mean to me. And as I continue to grow, I'm going to feel uncomfortable, but that is okay. It's okay to feel that way because I will keep going because I believe in myself. Okay. I have to read this poem 
because I feel like it, this is the place it needs to be. I thought I was going to put it in a, in a lost episode three, but I would have to tell the whole story. The poem belongs here. So I'm going to give it to you here. Um, as one of the segments in this episode is, it, I dedicate it to all of you. The morning has arrived. My direction has changed. A new day is here. I'm prepared. Gone the times we shared. To start something new, still, I wish it was with all of you. I smile, reminiscing of our adventures, lost in the moment that captures the laughs and all of the tears. All the hard work through the years leaves me with joy. I'm fulfilled as I start anew, looking to build new moments and memories as I push forward to claim my victories. To those people who have given me so much and they didn't understand because they see it as so little. I dedicate that to all of you. I love you very much. I'm thankful for you. And it is through your love and through your strength, it pushes me forward to be the better version of myself, to seek compassion, to seek patience, to seek love, not anger, not hate, not any of that, but to seek resolution. Point A to point B, people. That is why. Because ultimately, I was just this guy at 18 who wanted to be an adult, who wanted to solve problems. And I'm almost 36. <laughs> and I'm still solving problems. But that's still the, the prime the prime resolution of, of, of what I'm doing. I seek to solve problems. I seek to take people's pain away. I seek to, to find a way to make things easier for people. But the difference from what I used to be to what I am now is I seek to do all of that for myself. Because because, I'm going to say it one last time, and I'm going to take you out. As I continue to grow, I will feel uncomfortable. And that is okay to feel that way. I shall keep going because I believe in myself. And no matter what you're going through, no matter where you are, I believe in you as well. And so as we leave you on Positivity Wall 15, you know I always have to take it back to the top. Got to give you the phrase that pays. <laughs> so no matter where you are right now, no matter what you're doing, no matter what you are going through, understand, believe, and feel these words as I say them to you. You are amazing. <laughs> you are beautiful. Yes, you are. And you are loved. She knows it. I would like to take the time to thank you for joining this jam talk for today. That's it. That's the end. There's no, nothing else to say. Go back to your, your regularly scheduled program. She knows it.